Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quentin. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Tonight, my name is Quincy, and this is my show. Now, before I get started, let me do a little show maintenance and explain how this show works to the new listeners out there. This show is a platform for you, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers. All of you have the opportunity to voice, chat, or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. However, tonight, I do have an expert in something, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Now, unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host ramble on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, celebrities, and more. Now, this show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. Sometimes the topics can be random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. Now, tonight we are discussing psychological strategy with a guest, and afterwards we'll discuss what do you do when you have to deal with an ex on a daily basis. Now, the call-in number to participate tonight is 347 347- Two zero two zero two one five. That's three four seven two zero two zero two one five. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion or ask a question, then after you connect, hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak. And please be sure to mute your phone if you're not speaking, because cell phones and headsets can pick up all kinds of background noise. Now. Another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at talk to q You can respond to some of the same questions that I may be asking over the air, or you can ask questions yourself and make comments by using hashtag T2Q. Now, if you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, 
then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live tonight, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 454 starts now. All right. Now, to the listeners, I mean, you know, do you know, uh, excuse me, that you can recognize powerful, influential sciences behind psychological strategy to better your family's life? Now, I have someone this evening who will help you do just that. He is a psychological strategist. He's an author, a global manager. He's self-taught um, an interdisciplinarian, and he's pursuing two doctorates. He's the only psychological, uh, <coughs> excuse me, psychological strategy consultant for businesses and individuals who want to grow their empire to massive heights via powerful tactics of using influence, subconscious methods based on science. All right. Now he brings that powerful and expensive influential tactics of the Fortune 500 companies to the 91 percenters. Okay. And normally that's not available to the non-one percent. Now I did a Q and one on him back in late January, and I'm very glad to have him back on for the live show. So please welcome to the show as he returns, Mr. Herman S. J. R. Thanks for coming back to the Top Speed Radio Show. <laughs> hey Q, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the show. All right, and how are you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful. It's uh, warming up here in Chicago, so it's not too shabby. I'm hoping that it'll warm up even faster, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. All right, well, that's great. Now, for those of you out there, if you have questions for Herman SJR, then you can reach me, 347-202-0215, or you can tweet the question using hashtag T2Q. All right, so first things first. Tell us what psychological strategy is and what are the sciences used in it? I was hoping you'd tell me that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, psychological strategy is basically put, it's the strategy that focuses on subconscious influence to move a target in a certain manner that's desired. Now, that's a fancy way of basically saying that you have a certain target, whether that target is an individual person such as yourself, if you want to better yourself, or an entire empire such as a business, or you want to focus on targets such as prospective customers or even current customers, actually. What psychological strategy does, it allows you to use many different sciences that are proven for the principles that are used to be able to influence those targets and move them in a position that better that's more conducive for your means. So companies use this of course to acquire more money from customers, from me, from you, everyone, your listeners, and it's the ability to use those tactics in a way that the target does not know that they're being influenced, but it really goes beyond that. It focus on, focuses on the frequency, the target's frequency, and how to move that frequency from either a negative to a positive or positive to a negative, depending on what it is that's desired there. Okay. All right. And, and, I, and I've spoken to you before, and I understand, you know, kind of what you bring to the table, but explain to my listeners exactly how what you do fits into the overall theme of the Talk to Q radio show. I mean, how can they benefit? 
Oh, <laughs> very good question. Relevancy. Well, I am quite sure that every one of us can agree that everything in life pertains to psychology. Psychology moves us and everybody else in many different ways, and it's definitely required. Typically, the average person all over the planet uses psychological strategy or psychological tactics, whatever term you want to use, subconsciously. They don't know that they're doing it. Uh Uh, We all use subconscious efforts, and we always focus on frequencies. So the shows that typically are on on your show, such as, uh, if I remember correctly, forgive me if I say the the title's wrong, but uh, you had some shows on It's All About Being Secure, Three Ways to Get More Dates. I'm sure a lot of listeners were interested in that. (laughs) Five Reasons Why We Stay in Miserable Relationships. This is How Music Impacts Our Lives. A yes. lot of the shows that you do actually relate to psychological strategy. Psychological strategy is the practice, it's the field, it's the expertise of understanding how to hone the skills that we already have to be able to move, you know, that person who's about to hire you or your competitor or your customer. The difference with psychological strategy, it's a well-defined field that allows you to understand these subconscious techniques that we all use anyway, but to take it drastically further to be able to be far more powerful in moving your empire forward. Whether that empire is just yourself and just being a better person or the empire is actually a business. Okay, okay. And, uh, you know, the fact that you mentioned some of those titles of the show and you pay attention and all of that, I kind of my, my chest stuck out a little bit right here, a little pride right there. <laughs> that is exactly why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> that psychological strategy is working. Right. <laughs> you know it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, let me go to the phones. I, I normally don't go this early, but I'm going to go ahead and go to the phones right now. I have a caller who called in okay. early from the 850 area code. The Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. Welcome on, Buck. Buck, how's it going? Good up. How's everybody doing this evening? Glad to have the guests on tonight. Doing well, man. Thank you, Do Buck. you have a, a question for Herman SJR? Yeah. So my question is, um, what like, where'd you get the idea? Where'd you get the experience from to um, come up with the, you know, the psychological strategy? Okay. Uh, thank you for the question, Buck. I appreciate it. The where I got the idea for psychological strategy is there. It already exists. It's just that the term is used. Uh, excuse me. There are many different terms that are used. Uh, some of them will say marketing consultants, though that's that's really a generalized form. I don't like that. But then there's psychological strategy. And I've been a true diehard nerd since I was a kid. So uh, in every sense of definition, studying absolutely everything I could possibly study. And I really have always been interested in influence since I was a child. So I studied whatever the heck I could study, you know, psychology, neuroscience, uh, cryonics, all different things. And I really tried to step back since I was a child and see the bridging of gaps between sciences, between different fields. So, you know, why 
is music used to solve this problem uh, coupled with quantum physics? Or why do we use neuroscience and music to solve this problem of aneurysms or seizures? So I really firmly believe since I was a child that everything, excuse me, every answer is interdisciplinary. So psychological strategy is just that. It encompasses many different sciences to be able to say, hey, we can be far more powerful in influence, whether it's for ourselves as individuals and being better people or bettering our business or whatever it is you want to do, it doesn't matter. And psychological strategy is a phenomenal and wonderful field that allows people to be able to be better in just those areas and do mm-hmm. those things, influence others using the psychology, logic, neuroscience, and all that stuff. I So I am always a student and always continuing the education, and it's something that I'm definitely interested in because this stuff is used on me, it's used on uh, Buck, it's used on Q, everybody on the planet by Fortune 500s. It's used on us to influence us and give them more money, you know, spend more money as consumers and a lot of other stuff that's even darker than that. And I like to bring this information to the forefront of the people who typically can't afford this because typically if you're talking to psychological strategists, you're talking about $145,000 just to give a 45-minute speech. Oh, wow, I'm in the wrong line of work. Um, (laughs) All right, I appreciate that question, Buck. And to kind of piggyback on his question, um, I mean, can you go to school for psychological strategy? I mean, I know you're chasing two doctorates. What's your educational background again? Sure. I have, at the moment, I have four degrees. I have one, excuse me, one associate's degree in liberal arts, one bachelor's in interdisciplinary studies, one bachelor's in metaphysical science, and a master's in linguistics, specializing in psycholinguistics. My two doctorates that I'm doing in parallel, one is a doctorate of metaphysical psychology, the other one is a doctorate of industrial organizational psychology. So I'm a big fan of psychology, if you can tell. (laughs) And uh, to answer your question, there's no one specific school that says, okay, go and look for psychological strategy. You won't find that in the curriculum. What Mm -hmm. you have to do is you just have to be an interdisciplinarian. I can't stress that enough. You you must focus on learning as many different sciences as possible of how to influence people, how to influence entire empires, entire organizations, how to recognize when it's being used on you. And you have to say, okay, this is how it's used in quantum physics, I, or with quantum physics, this is how it's used with metaphysics, this is how it's used with I.O., whatever it is. And you have to see the gaps. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like a, a, it's like an example that I give of a consultant. Let's say, Q, you have a business and uh-huh. your radio business, and you have some issues, so I, you have some issues and you have your managers. You couldn't solve it, and you guys are expert in your field, in your field of radio and perhaps marketing and stuff. So what you do when anyone hires a consultant is they're getting someone who sees things from a different vantage point. They're going to get someone who's going to see problems and issues that you can't see because you're inside the circle of issues. So they're going to say something like, well, yeah, you guys are used to marketing and advertising, but if you were experts in, I don't know, let's say art or music, 
and uh, you, you, you would see, or even neuroscience, you would see that, oh, God, all we have to do is just do this, and we can get a finer solution and a far more productive solution than we ever could if we just stayed in our spheres of education. So you really have to focus on, on being interdisciplinarian, learn as much as you can about influence, and package it all together and be the best damn expert that you can be on psychological strategy. Okay, okay. And I get that. I, I can see how being persistent in learning can definitely uh, assist in this line of work. But uh, now, you know, I've been to your, your website over at HermanSJR.com, and on your website it states, and I'm paraphrasing, that this is a discipline that includes psychology, logic, neuroscience, linguistics, and the principle of resonance, to name a few things. Um, why are they important when it comes to psychological strategy? I don't remember writing that. No, I'm kidding. Yes, on that. Uh, <laughs> where did you get that from? That sounds pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the sciences, you're correct, psychology, logic, neuroscience, linguistics, and resonance. Though resonance is not a science, it's a principle within physics. These are all extraordinarily important. Uh, there are other sciences as well, but these are the top five guys. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because, excuse me, some of this is very commonsensical to a lot of your listeners, I'm sure. Psychology, obviously, you want to be able to recognize influence to be able to influence yourself. Logic comes into play where it allows you to be an incredibly good critical thinker. You're able to go from A to B and B to C and A equals C, so you're able to step back. Like I was saying earlier with the earlier question, you're able to step back and see, well, if A and B is equal to C over here and B and C is equal to D over here, then, you know, you can make all kinds of extrapolations and say, Uh well, let's just get rid of these mediums here or the media and say A is equal to C. So you want to have a lot of different ways of being able to make extrapolations based on different sciences that other people cannot see. And that's where you're going to build a huge value to your name if you're able to do that. So resonance is a huge aspect because the principle of resonance, uh, resonance briefly stated is when two frequencies come into alignment and they start vibrating at a different frequency. Real quickly here, let's say like the the example of an opera singer being able to sing and break a glass. So that's actually true. That's not that's not a myth. So the opera singer will sing at a certain octave and look at the glass that's in front of him or her and will keep singing high, low, high, low. We'll try to find the pitch of the frequency, the natural state uh, of that glass. And then when the glass starts vibrating, the opera singer will stop and stop searching for the right tone. They found the tone because they see right. the glass is vibrating. So what they do is they, they stop there and they focus in on that one single tone, very powerfully sing it, and then eventually the glass vibrates very violently and it breaks. And all these mm-hmm. different things come into play with resonance. It's very similar to the the truth, not the adage, but the truth that uh, misery loves company. If people are miserable, you notice that they're walking slow, they're not moving fast, they're not very happy. They have right. a lower rhythm, a low frequency, and it's a very slow frequency versus people who are happy, they're bouncing all over the place, they're all over the place with their wording and everything. That's a high frequency. And if you're able to say, okay, well, I need Q and his listeners to be happy or neutral or whatever, 
then I need to put in these tactics that are able to influence them and make them more happy or neutral or whatever to make them want to come to my store, to make them want to come to me. I'm being very basic because we don't have much time here, but that's Mm -hmm. roughly stated why resonance and all these sciences are absolutely needed with linguistics. You need framing. You need felicity conditions. You need sound symbolism. You need discourse analysis so you can be able to break down the state of your target and be able to move that target into the desired area. Wow, that's a lot. You know, by the end of this show, I'm going to be really smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you already are. <laughs> so, uh, all right, but is is this really any different than uh, what, like neuromarketing or, or what, it, or uh, industrial psychology? I mean, if not, what are those fields missing out on? Hey, you are pretty smart. <laughs> yes, it is It is different than marketing, neuromarketing, and industrial organizational psychology because those are all subsets of psychological mm-hmm. strategy. Now, they're all used. Every one of those are used, but they're right. not the grander categorization. The grander category is psychological strategy that uses those things. To answer your question about what they miss out on, marketing is – is very general. It's not very specific. Uh, One good graphic that I came across that I want to share is if you picture a human brain and you picture a bucket of water that's just poured on the human brain, that's marketing. You know, you'll get some water that sticks, some water will fall off, some water won't even touch the brain. Now, neuromarketing is the more specific science that uh, consumer neuroscience, it's called, that sticks more. So if you take that same human brain and get a funnel and dig it right into the brain and then pour that same bucket of water into the funnel, it's going to go directly into the brain. So neuromarketing is far more uh, precise than regular marketing. Industrial organizational psychology, that's a huge categorization in itself. It's how to understand people, understanding the emotional uh, quotients, the EQ as opposed to IQ, and how to deal with people, how to deal with the environment that people are around. So those are all subsets that are definitely important and under psychological strategy. But psychological strategy steps back and says, okay, we need stuff from neuromarketing. We need stuff from linguistics. We need stuff from marketing. We need stuff from industrial organizational psychology. It's the same thing that John Nash did the uh, Nobel Prize, the Nobel laureate uh, who won, uh, he's the guy that was featured in the movie A Beautiful Mind by Russell Crowe. He he came up with John Nash uh, Equilibrium, the Nash Equilibrium for Economics. The individual who was before him, if I remember correctly, uh, the economical theory stayed around for, I think, 75 years or something like that before John uh-huh. Nash came. And John Nash stepped back from that theory of economics and said, no, this is incomplete. It works. It's good. But we need to step back and say, this is what we need. He, in- he included some other things, and now he's considered you know, a guru in economics, of course, hence the movie A Beautiful Mind there. And psycholo- psychological strategy does just that. It allows us to be far more productive and far far more powerful in our influence. Okay, okay. That kind of takes a little bit of everything and kind of just puts it all in a pot. Um, Yes. So, all right, well, let me go back to the phones and let me go to the 501 area code, the natural state of Arkansas, and welcome on Amy. Amy, how's it going? Oh, doing all right. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing well, Amy. Doing well, thank you. Do you have a question for hey. Herman? 
I don't really at this time, Quincy. I'm just kind of, you know, sitting back listening to, you know, what he has to say and and um, what, you know, what it is and sharing with us, you know, what he what he does exactly. It's it's kind of kind of new to me. So okay, okay, not a problem. I'll place you back on hold. And you can hit one on your dial pad if you wish to try and make in with a question. And um, call in the 601. I'll get to you in just a moment. But um, I'm sorry, you're, you were saying? Oh, sorry. It's interesting that Amy said that this is all new and everything. That right there is a big problem. I, she's right. It is new to her. It is new to most of the people that you'll come across. And, and, and that's a problem because this has been used on us for at least decades by Fortune 500s and by others who are who use it a little bit more in dark areas, and mm-hmm. these things are not known by for the the mass majority of you know the public here, whether we're talking America or global. And these things are things are tactics, psychological strategies, full of tactics that we all use subconsciously every day to get a date or to get a job or whatever. But n- Almost no one is prepared to use it consciously where the greater power, the greater organization lies if you're able to master these things and use it whenever you need it to better benefit yourself, hopefully for, for good ways to benefit the global society. Right. right. But the fact that no one, not many people know about this is an issue because it's used on you, it's used on everybody, but it's not something that's well known because, it, for one thing, it's extremely expensive. And for another thing, if everyone knew about it, of course, it probably would be less effective or we would have to work much harder as psychological strategists. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, all right. So businesses have been used, have been successful, um, you know, doing the typical marketing stuff. Like, I mean, that's marketing's been going on since the since someone first sold something. And, um, I mean, why use the psychological strategy science um, when marketing, you know, like I said, has been around forever? Uh, That's a good question. You know, I guess I'll go – I like that image that I came across uh, quite some time ago, if the human brain and the funnel. uh, Marketing is something that, you know, it's not going to hit everybody as much as uh, the sciences of psychological strategy, whether it's neuromarketing or industrial psychology or linguistics, whatever it is. Marketing itself is a great tool. It's gotten us, you know, very far. It's gotten people to be extremely rich, extremely profitable and successful. But you can always make things better. You can always make psychological strategy better. You can always make Q better and Herman SGR better. Everything can always be improved. And psychological strategy takes the other sciences that were missing before. And just like John Nash did with Nash Equilibrium, it says, okay, marketing is great. It's very useful. But if we throw in these other things, it's incredibly useful. It's no different than... So having a team of people, Q, if you have, let's say, a director of marketing and that person is your sole go-to person for everything marketing, that's great. You may be extremely successful. You may be a millionaire. You may be, you may be well put off for you know, your entire life, but you will never be as successful as if you have a team of people, which mm-hmm. obviously 
everyone will know that's why we have teams. More brains equal more power, equal more results, equal more solutions. So you don't have NASA, you know, using one guy for jet propulsion. You don't have, <laughs> you know, all these different <laughs> companies having one guy, John or Earl or Q, you know, in the marketing departments. It's entire teams. And if you're able to get more teams, more minds together, you're going to get a far more valid solution that's much more reliable in the long term. And it's the same thing with psychological strategy. If you throw in the other sciences, they couple and complement the other sciences or or fields if it's regular marketing. And it provides a far more powerful way of influencing to be able to get whatever it is that you need. Okay. All right. Well, let me let's let's talk everyday people for a second. Um, my listeners, what are some of the techniques of psychological strategy used by businesses that affect my listeners and their households? Oh, well, some of the techniques that are used in psychological strategy are uh, an easy one would be the impulse buy section in the grocery store. Now, a lot of people may say, well, that's not really much of anything when you're in a grocery line and you're at the, the uh, you know, you're about to pay for your groceries there and you see candy bars there, you see bottled water over there, what, and you pick up something that's only a dollar or 50 cents or, or five dollars, whatever it is. What mm-hmm. people aren't realize what people aren't realizing is that, yeah, you may have just given the company 50 cents or $5, but the thousand other people that did the same thing as you in the last 24 hours or 48 hours just gave them a lot more money. So all these little things of 50 cents here, 60 cents here, it all ends up as a, a, a astronomically, and it's no different from the the manufacturing process Six Sigma. If you and your listeners are familiar with Six Sigma, Six Sigma is a manufacturing process that's used all over businesses, and it says, okay, from now on, we need to target 100% instead of targeting 90% for effectiveness, for efficacy. Uh, If you're making a product, we want to make 100% with no mutations of a, a copper coffee mug or whatever. And all those different all those different fine tunings are going to give you a far greater profit than if you didn't have that. So the the impulse buys at the checkout, they give in a lot of money for the stores. The sales funnels and websites, those are based on neuro, neurological principles, or excuse me, neuroscience principles. And mm-hmm. it shows how people will buy more from a company if they're guided step by step, okay, buy this hey, do you want to add this for 50 cents more? Okay, hey, do you want to add this for $2? It's only, uh, you know, for two years, and you can cancel at any time. Those are called sales funnels, and those are used and very regulated by neuroscientific principles. And it's the same thing with uh, product business names. Uh, If you're going to have a product or you're going to start a business, you want to remember that, let's say, let's say, Q, you open up a store and you sell some, some food there. If you title your food, your food label with something that reminds people of nostalgia, so like Uncle Q's barbecue sauce, as opposed to Q's barbecue sauce or Auntie Q's barbecue sauce, whatever, anything that brings about nostalgia is going to be far more effective than Q's barbecue sauce. So all these different things are tactics that are used in 
businesses pay millions of dollars to consultants to come up with these sciences and these gimmicks and these tactics to target you, to target me and every one of your listeners to be able to to bring more profit from the sciences. And you really have to understand these sciences to understand the tactics when they are used on you because they are used on you. The Uncle Q Radio Show. Everybody's ready to it. Everybody's ready to it. I'm liking it. I want a percentage of that. No doubt. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. I'm sorry, on the Uncle Q radio show, talking psychological (laughs) strategy with Herman SJR. And, um, yeah, it's amazing that uh, we see this stuff all around us every day, and I guess we don't even realize it. I mean, given the examples yes. that you just you just gave, let me go back to the phones to my hometown, Jackson, Mississippi, uh, the bold <laughs> new city, and I'll welcome on Eminem. Eminem, how's it going this evening? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> Eminem, I'm pretty sure you have something interesting to offer to oh, the mix. Yeah. You have a question for Herman? Well, I I have one question, but I wanted to, I want to start with a uh, a, a comment myself. Uh, Herman, man, you you broke that stuff down in detail, but you were describing me, man. You know what I'm saying? I got a PhD too. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I I done retired now. But uh, no, I got a PhD, man, a pimp and hose degree. See, <laughs> see, man, and, and see when you gave that team concept. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, with these big companies have a team. You know, back in the day, I had a stable. You know what I'm saying? And one of the things I used to do was, you know, I did it the old way, you know what I'm saying, because I was taught by the best or one of the best. And uh, once it manifested in me, then I was able to use it the way I wanted to. But what I used to do to, to uh, when I would take holes in is, like, I had what I call a power hour, right? And what I would do was sit all of them down. And now in the movie Willie Dynamite, you know, you've seen clips of that. And then sometime in the Mac, you've seen clips of that. But what I would do would be a little bit different. What I would do is basically have them get up and give, like, a testimony, you know, what they liked about me, what they liked about being down with me, what they liked about being in my stable. So psychologically what I was doing was using one hole to influence the rest of the holes. See, I really didn't say nothing. Right, I wanted to right. them shit and get all the money. So the, once that belief got stronger, the more they believed in me, the more they believed in the in the pipe dream I was selling, the more they believed in the glass ceiling that I was giving them, you know, the more productive they was. And happy holes right. bring in a lot of money. And uh, so I just want to <laughs> let you know, man, that all that shit you're saying, that is 100% true. Uh, Thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> Go ahead with your but, question, uh, Eminem. <laughs> now, now, my question was, my, my question was, what category or what year, because I remember when all this shit started, the 1999 and the 995, what in the hell, did, I mean, because, you know, for years, if something was a dollar or $2, $5, but somewhere with those TV infomercials, and I'm, I'm assuming it might be in one of these categories you're talking about, shit started to be 1999 or either $9.95. Did that make people buy more when they hear the change off of it like that or what? Yes, Eminem, that is a very good observation. That is 100% based on psychology. That's been used for a few decades now, and what it does is 
it anytime you it's called a left of the decimal pricing. So anytime you see a price, if you see a flat amount like one dollar, five dollars, whatever, it's rounded off ten dollars, seven dollars versus one ninety five or ninety five cents or ninety nine cents, even though it's not that much of a difference, your mind will immediately push you towards the cheaper product. So mm-hmm. let's say M M&M, and M if you have a, a an item that you're selling and let's say I don't know, a mouse, a computer mouse, it doesn't matter what it is, and you're selling it for one ninety five and I'm selling it for two dollars, even though it's an only a nickel difference, you're going to have a far greater amount of people flock towards you because what they look at is the number left of the decimal. So they see yours yours is 1 and mine is 2. 2.00 yours is 1.95 even though it's only a 5 cent difference or if you price 199 it doesn't matter as long as you do not price $2. They're going to flock towards you because the minds, remember our minds are not designed to think. Our minds are designed to only get us through evolution. Our minds are only designed to make sense of uh, perhaps confusing stuff that's in the world or even logical. It doesn't matter. It's, it, it's, at times it's wrong, and in this case it's also wrong because it's not that much of a difference. So anyway, you'll have people that are going to flock towards you because people look at the number left of the decimal and they see a 1. They don't pay attention to the 95 cents or 99 cents after that decimal. But for me, they see a 2, so they're immediately going to come to you. That is that is used in almost every grocery store these days that I've ever seen for, for decades. And then if you want to have the opposite effect, if you want people to get a feeling of that you are more uh, more sophisticated or your restaurant, let's say M&M, you have a restaurant that's a, I don't know, French bistro or something like that. You want to show sophistication in your menu. So would they have an entire science and people called menu engineers, and they tell you what to put on there, what, how to lay it out and everything. And then in that case, wow. you want to show sophistication and elevate, elevation, so you don't want to use decimal points. You want to say $9, $7, or $8, because then you're, and you don't want to use any decimal signs. Decimal signs only remind the customer that's about to eat at your restaurant that they're about to spend money. Lose those decimal, or I'm sorry, dollar signs. Lose those dollar signs and lose the decimals, and you'll immediately show that they're not really spending money. They're paying for an atmosphere, an experience, and they're not concerned with, oh, $5.99? They just see $5, and they go, okay, we're good. So that is a very powerful point and very good uh, observation there. Well, well, well thank you. <laughs> okay, I, I appreciate it, Eminem. And, um, yeah, that's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. And I know it's probably difficult for some people to recognize um, when it's being used on them. And I understand that techniques like this are used, you know, every day by everybody. We all subconsciously use psychological strategy to get what we want, and you've mentioned that. So since the listeners already do it subconsciously, then why do they need a psychological strategist? Oh, very good. You're going to make me earn my money here. I <laughs> it, let's let's put this into perspective. Let's just say that there's a let's use sports. Let's say there's an amateur athlete who is phenomenal at I don't know. Let's let's just pick some basketball. I they're phenomenal at basketball and they teach themselves. Perhaps they're 
family taught them, maybe a father figure or a father, it doesn't matter. But they're very good amateur sports, uh, amateur sports athlete in basketball. Now, in theory, everything on this planet is possible. Where you run into trouble is probability. Yeah, sure, pigs can fly technically tomorrow, but the probability of it coming about is not very, very high. So technically, this individual who's a sports athlete, amateur, uh, can make it all the way to the pros and, you know, be famous and all that stuff, but they're going to find it much more difficult if they don't know the nuances, the very finite and very meticulous details behind sports and sports psychology, more importantly. Uh-huh. Uh, so when you take that sports athlete who's an amateur and you bring them to a professional coach, a coach that knows everything about the psychology of the sport of basketball, of team uh, play, uh, of sportsmanship, of team playing, uh, all the different things, they're going to get a huge trove of information. They're going to get a lot of different education and instruction. They're being equipped with a far more powerful toolkit to be able to play that that game, in this case, basketball, of course. So, yeah, this, this person has been doing fine in their life for, you know, up until this point, but compared to an amateur, uh, a professional who has a coach, who has a guide, I mean, even, you know, Tiger Woods still had a guide a, a long time, Michael Jordan still had a coach, all these famous people, they still have coaches. Why? Do they really need them? They definitely do, because there's more to it than what's on the surface. And the psychological strategy knows those very same things to make you far more powerful, far more exclusive, and far more successful if you want to emerge, if you want to advance your empire, where that empire is Eminem just wanting to get his name out there, if it's Buck or Amy just wanting to get their name out there, the next Donald Trump, or if it's an actual business, like we said, Uncle Q's barbecue sauce. The psychological strategist is going to bring all the sciences to be able to do that, and it's all proven via the sciences. Okay, so so how can my listeners learn psychological strategies so they can use it consciously, you know, for their benefit? Well, how people can learn psychological strategy to use it consciously is you really have to step back. You have to be a critical thinker. You must be an interdisciplinarian. I one way the easiest way of course would be to contact me and right. I can help out with the <laughs> psychological strategy of course and uh, one way that you can do it on your own is just two things actually notice the things around you notice how advertising is influencing you or even better yet watch others watch advertising or read advertising and see their reaction while you're driving or while you're on the bus or anything like that well not while you're driving because you got to pay attention of course but uh, <laughs> you want to see the different reactions from other humans from other people trying to be influenced by the fortune 500s you want to learn as much as you can about psychology, about group psychology, about linguistics, like I said before, how to frame something so a negative becomes a positive, how to frame something so a positive becomes a negative, whatever you want to do. You want to learn about sound symbolism, how sounds affect people's mindset. Uh, You want to learn about discourse analysis. You want to learn how the show 
the Talk to Q radio show name is more attractive than Hit Me Up at Q radio show or vice versa. It doesn't matter. So you want to know why. Yeah, you may see that, you know, it's more successful and it does bring in better results, but why? If you don't know the why behind it, you will not be an interdisciplinarian. You will not be a psychological strategist. And more importantly, you won't be able to identify when it's being used against you and your family to be able to bring in a benefit that's perhaps not in your best interest, such as giving more money over to a company. Okay. And well, let me ask you, when it comes to uh, negotiation, uh, how can psychological strategy benefit you if you wanted to maybe get a raise or get a good deal on a car or some other little everyday items that we all experience? Oh, that is a great practical question, yeah. Well, psychology, obviously, in negotiation, that is completely all about psychology, the art of negotiation, the art of the deal. You want to be able to match the individual that you're speaking with and be able to mirror that person's uh, style to make them like you. We all know that it is much easier to make a new friend if that new friend is like you because it's much easier. We migrate to people who are more like us rather than people who are not like us. So Mm -hmm. if you come across the street, let's say uh, you come across the street and you start meeting with, this guy starts coming up to you and starts talking with you, and you're more laid back, and he's all over the place. Nice guy, but he's all over the place waving his hands like, oh, we got to do this. Hey, have you ever thought about this? What about this You know, NBA game? What about this? What about this? Yeah, you may have a good conversation, but you're not going to merge. You're not going to resonate with each other because his body frequency is far higher than yours. You're more mellow and you're not really going to be the best of friends. Uh, Of course, there are anomalies everywhere. There's always an instance where, you know, an oddball situation does work out. But probability-wise, like we said earlier, reality versus probability is you're not going to blend with them as much. And it's the same thing with negotiation. So if you're negotiating a whatever it is, a promotion, a raise to get a better deal on a car, you have to be able to, while you're speaking to this person, it has to be done very quickly and very subtly. You have to imagine what kind of person that they are, what kind of person that they're projecting that they are, I should say. Are they someone who's a high frequency, who's a low frequency? And you have to match them to make sure that they are more interested in you because you match them. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of psychology is based on and this is controversial but I'm just going to say it but a lot of psychology is based on selfishness how the human mind is very selfish the primitive mind so everyone wants people to be like them everyone wants to be around people that are more like them so if you're matching your your bosses or the salesperson's rate of speech if you're matching the uh, the style in which they're sitting. Also, you want to use words that are far more powerful subconsciously. Going back to sound symbolism, you want to use words like power, like empire. You want to words, use words like now, immediately. All these different things that are associated with primal actions deep in the mind. They have a connotation that 
are is much more powerful than okay, let's do this today or let's do this tomorrow or whatever. Say now, immediately, right away. You know all these different things. And forgive me, I know it's psychological strategy is really vast, but this is as basic as I can get. But it is, if you were to look up these things, you'll see, you know, these are the power words you need to use, these are the power words that you don't need to use. And you'll be able to far more negotiate things on your half much more than you ever could before. Wow, all of that is very useful. I know there are going to be a lot of people who are going to download this show just to keep a personal copy of reference. <laughs> um, well, they can always contact me as well. <laughs> So most definitely, most definitely. And let me check uh, back with Amy. And Amy just wanted to check to see if you had anything at this point before I get ready to start to wrap things up. Amy? Yeah, sorry. I, I had to add it on mute. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really, when you came to me the first time, I wasn't really thinking about, you know, reflecting back on my jobs and and mm-hmm. you know what what I did for a living and everything until Eminem brought it pimping. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I wasn't actually thinking about myself ever using psychological you know the um, the psychological thing you know in my fifteen years of dancing and. Um, and all that, um, I did kind of probably could have used some of this man's advice a long time ago because somehow I kind of lost myself between um, talking shit and reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I was just gonna just gonna throw that in, um, and mm-hmm. you know, another thing that. Something else that he made me think about is that um, when when I was a shooter girl, when I sewed the test tube shots, that's all I did was sew test tube shots, I would make the names of the shots um, interesting um, to, to people. Not just a shot of vodka or a shot of tequila. It was a, you know, uh, it was... Well, everybody knows what sex on the beach is. The right. drink sex on the beach. You know, flying right. fuck, um, sex with an alligator, you know. All these an weird exotic, <laughs> all these weird exotic shots, you know, and stuff and that's that it was actually actually what he's talking about because I was, you know, trying to make the shots, you know, seem more Interesting, so that people would want to buy him. Is that? Okay. I mean, is that pretty much what he's kind of talking about? And absolutely, I, I, I was going to say I do Sorry. think that, that that's a part of. I, I guess, um, and and I I like what Amy brought up there um, because you know I'm always fixated on this business atmosphere, uh, people in suits and things of that nature, but. You know, she was an exotic dancer. She worked at a bar. And I'm pretty sure if you have psychological, uh, psychological strategy techniques in any of those places, you can make a killing financially. Absolutely. Q, you're, you're completely 
correct there. Anytime you anytime you have a powerful weapon such as psychological strategy in any business, you're going to you're going to beat the hell out of your competitors. You're really going to, they will notice a drastic difference in your processes, in definitely your profit, in your customer acquisition, all these different things. Because this is not, this is not just something fancy and, oh, it sounds great. This is, these are hardcore sciences and all these tactics are based on subconscious influence that are proven by science for millennia, hundreds of years or even millennia, depending on who you speak with on the origin of this stuff. And what Amy was speaking of, you're right, Amy, that definitely brings in other people because of solely because of interest. And that goes back to sound symbolism. Uh, certain sounds are associated with negative things and positive things. So uh, one example is, I let's say, Q, you're in a spaceship and you're about to land on an unknown planet. All you know is that there are two species on that planet. There's one species that's very negative, hates humans, and just constantly likes killing cannibalism, and all kinds of atrocities. The other species, they are much more benign. They're much more positive. They're very spiritual. They are more laid back. They allow others to live. You know that that's the case. You also know that one of them is called the Lemonians. The other one is called the Grotox. So that example right there shows the, point, the importance of sound symbolism. Everyone's going to associate the Grotox with the negative side. Everyone's going to associate the Lemonians with the positive side. Why is that so? Well, because when you have hard sounds such as G for G or K for K, those sounds are associated with negativity because they're not rounded out. They're not like a circle. They don't flow out of your mouth with fluidity as Lemonians with an L sound or a PL sound or an FL sound. So all these things, a lot of people may say, oh, you know, psychological strategy, it's probably overkill. It's not really needed. Absolutely not. That is precisely why the wealth gap between the 1% and the 99% is is widening even further, far further than possibly you and all of your listeners even realize. Because they're honing in, one of the reasons is because they're honing in on this stuff. They're paying millions of dollars to psychology, psychological strategists, to different consultants to be able to bring them these sciences and use it. And they're taking advantage of Amy's expertise on, you know, sex with a crocodile drink or sex on the beach drink. Why are these things working? You can say, oh, it works, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah, you can do that, but you'll never be as successful as when you understand it. Going back to the athlete, the amateur athlete, when he understands, he or she understands the science behind the basketball, behind sports psychology is going to be far more effective, he or she, just like Amy was more effective when she named those drinks something that had a lot more intrigue and just pushed the customer towards her. And all these different things come into play when you're doing something like that, when you're naming a product, when you're naming a business, whatever it is. Okay. I mean, it definitely... Uh, I mean, sex with an alligator would definitely get my attention. I probably never forget that. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> See, All she right. just influenced you right there. <laughs> exactly. It worked. All right, everyone. You're, you've been listening to Herman SJR on the Uncle Lamonians radio show. Uh, Herman, uh, <laughs> where can we find you? I mean, how can people use the power of psychological psychological strategy with you? I mean, how can we follow your work and get more ways to use it immediately for business and personal goals? That's a, that's a good question, I, and I like how you ask immediately because these things are applicable by anyone for anything in business or personal areas immediately, just like you said. So my website is the portal of everything. So if you go to my website, www.hermansjr.com, hermansjr.com, you'll see everything. You'll see all my different uh, academic background, all my different education background, and all the tips that I give out for individuals and for businesses. You'll see my Twitter account, which I regularly tweet out updates on psychological strategy. Hey, use this. Hey, use this. Neuroscience shows us to use this. And I'm actually in the middle of completing a second book of mine, and it's going to be a manual of psychological strategy. It's going to be very technical, but explained in a way that absolutely anyone can understand, and more importantly, anyone can apply for their business or personal goals immediately, regardless of their education uh, status. So if you go to my website, you can contact me. You can contact, you can see all the information that I have there. I also have a newsletter that comes out, and it gives out free tips. I also answer questions for people who have issues in personal areas or business areas and just need the strong push of psychological strategy. And actually, once in a while, I also do free psychological strategy consultation. It's it's not regular. It's very rare. But once in a while, I'll give a free one-hour consultation or something like that. And if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll know everything that goes on and all the interviews and everything that can help you as well. Nice. All right. Herman SJR, elevating the the psychological strategy game around the world. Man, I appreciate you making a return to the show. It's a pleasure having you on to discuss things that can definitely benefit anyone who listens. Um, Herman SJR, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much, Q. I really appreciate it. It's a fun show. Okay. Thanks for taking the time. I hope we can do it again sometime in the future. Um, love sounds, to get you back sounds on. Good. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Q. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Okay. Go to his website over at HermanSJR.com and check it out. Subscribe to his newsletter. You know, if you have an opportunity to get some tips on some of these things, because everyone can use it. All right. We use it already, but I mean, now that you know that you have that ability, then fine tune it. Try to find a way to perfect it. Use it to your advantage. Um, you know, ultimately, we all want to succeed in whatever we do. So if you have a chance to get some tips from someone who can help you go in that direction, then why not do it? Check them out, all right? You might decide that, hey, this is something I really want to dive into, and at that point, you know, become a loyal follower, you know, use his services or do what you need to do in order to gain those tips and get that edge that you may need. Okay, because you can definitely benefit from perfecting psychological strategy. All right, 
We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with another topic. So you give me about, oh, let's see, about 35 seconds, and we'll continue the second half of the show. Hi, I'm Bobby Willis. I'm repping at Lone Star State, and you're listening to Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinion. All right, we're back on the Talk to Q Radio Show. 347-202-0215 is the number if you want to join in. Just finished having a great discussion with psychological strategist Herman SJR. If you're joined the discussion late, then you can always go out on iTunes or go to TalkToQ.com and you can listen to the interview in its entirety. I guarantee you, you don't want to miss that. Let me get my callers back on, bring on Buck and Eminem and Amy. Have some other callers holding. Feel free to hit one if you want to join the discussion. And I want to talk about this. I, I mean, this is a situation that happened to a friend of mine. Well, essentially what happened is um, hits his ex-girlfriend uh, that he had a very bad breakup with got a job in his office. Okay, so now he has to see her on a daily basis. They broke up probably about three or four months ago. It was kind of ugly. I don't know all the details, but it was kind of ugly. And now he has to see her on a daily basis. And so I started thinking, and we just started discussing different things about what would be worse. And, Buck, if you're there, I'm going to start with you. Um, but first, let me welcome on from the 732 area code in the Garden State of New Jersey, Ray and Amanda. Get them in the mix. What's going on, y'all? Hey, hey how you doing, Keith? Doing well. How y'all doing tonight? All right. Buck, I'll start with you first. And what would be worse for you? If you had a confrontational ex that you had a falling out with, would it be worse for them to move in next door to you and live next door? Or getting a job in your office? Probably getting a job in my office because, you know, if it was a messy breakup, you you know, you, you're trying to put that behind you. And, um, you know, you don't want to see that person every single day. Um, you want to, you know, move forward. And sometimes, you know, and, you know, you, you, you have neighbors that live next to you that you never see. You don't see them mm-hmm. going to the mailbox. You don't see them. You know, they don't make any noise. They go in, go out. They go to work, go home, or stay in the house and don't do anything. So there's neighbors you don't see. But when you go to work, you don't see that person. So I wouldn't want them in the same office. I mean, I would deal with it because I don't want I don't want them just because they're in the office to, you know, take away from my job. If you have to deal with it as diplomatically as you can. But I wouldn't want them in the same office. Okay. All right, so Buck says he doesn't want him in the office. Amanda, what what do you think? I mean, um, on Twitter, SPKK13 chimed in, and she said living next door might entice them to act out their pettiness. So do you think they'll be more inclined to act a fool if they live next door? Or do you think that maybe, you know, being at work, they may be afraid to lose their job, so they might not act a fool? 
that's kind of what I'm thinking because my first thought is, okay, it's one thing yeah, it would be bad for them to be at work if they could spread rumors about you and say, you know, this person does this or they're no good in bed or they're a whore or whatever they're going to say. A lot of bad, it would be bad for them to spread that negativity at work. But it's only so much they can do to you at work. At home, think about think about how vulnerable you are at home. I mean, just all the things that they would literally, they could literally know your every move. Okay, Q goes to work at this time. He's going to come home at this time. You know, they can even though it's illegal, they could you know tamper with your mail. If you oh, went wow. on vacation, they could you know they can they can you know have somebody break into your house. They can literally, they can tamper with your car. I mean, it's so many, unless you just have, you know, surveillance systems where hopefully at work maybe there's something in the parking lot so nobody could, they would catch somebody if they did something to your car. But at home, if you don't have a uh, camera set up outside, if somebody did something or have a, a garage, it's so many things that could happen if they moved in next door and they want to be petty. You know, they can literally see who's coming over to your house. It is just so much. I think it would be worse for them to move in next door if they're going to be petty. Okay. Yeah, you just brought up some pretty scary stuff right there, to be honest with you. Uh, (laughs) All right, Ray, say that your confrontational ex does move next door. Uh, I mean, would you be wrong in getting a restraining order? Uh, I mean, is that something you should do to kind of be preemptive, or do you wait on something to happen before you respond? No, well, I would just um, let them do them, but I do me. You know, you don't say nothing to me, I don't say nothing to you. But, you know, the difference between being home and at work is, you know, you say something to me, I did, I knock your head off and come on in the house. As far as the job goes, you got to kind of, you know, okay, I'm going to let it ride out. I don't care what you do just about it because, all right, now everybody gets a chance to see what happens. And, you know, you can take the appropriate action to get things stopped if you're in a place of work. But if you're on the street, you know, hey, I don't care nothing about you standing on the porch watching me come in or trying to see who's coming in and all this and that and the other. I mean, <laughs> Amy, what about in the workplace? If you know someone is confrontational uh, or you had a bad experience with your ex and now you all work together, do you go straight to HR and let them know, like, I guess set expectations just in case something happens, or do you wait on it to happen and deal with it then? Well, you know, it, it definitely is. You know, scary can be can potentially be scary for an ex to move in next door to you. But I do think the workplace is uh, you know a completely different atmosphere. I went through that situation um, at the bar. Um, when I cheated on my bartender boyfriend and started dating one of the bouncers oh. at the club. Wow. And, uh, and, yeah, well, one of the 
one of the other bouncers ended up telling the bartender and the bartender did da 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 anyway everybody took sides and it was just uh, the whole bar was involved in it it was just huge drama waitresses involved were involved it was bartenders against bouncers and just it was just all kinds of crazy drama Mm-mm. So, well, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it made for a very awkward whole situation. And I ended up just completely regretting the whole dadgum thing and spent two hours in the bathroom crying until someone finally came and found me. And, yeah, it was it was horrible. <laughs> I, don't, I would never want to go through that again. But at home, you know, you've got, you know, a situation where you just, you you can get a restraining order if that's what you need to do. You call the cops, the cops handle things, whatever, you know, but in the workplace, it just, it, it does, it seems like it becomes a whole lot higher level of drama. Because okay. you've got so many other people who who end up getting involved. I believe it. And Eminem, I'll let you chime in on this, man. Well, uh, well I, I would have to go with the workplace in, in addition to, uh, you know, all the other comments. But I definitely uh, uh, agree with Ray, you know what I'm saying, because shit at home, you get too damn crazy. I can be a fool, too. But uh, at the job, you know. Uh, it can create a tense environment, and then, worst of worst, it can make your fellow coworkers kind of be apprehensive, well, female coworkers be apprehensive about, you know, being around you to an extent. Because, you know, if somebody is trying to always be messy, you know, you having a, you know, basically A and B conversation, then every time the, the coworker female look around. Of course, what you're talking about might not be nothing. You know, the chick mugging and all that shit. You know, so people don't want to, you know, so instead of going through all that discomfort, you know, it's just like people just kind of, you know, I can't imagine a job where the only people talking to me ever is just dudes and shit because all the females scared that the ex going to be acting a fool on them or, or staring and all that shit like that. So just to keep confusion down, they kind of just avoid you, you know, and that'll be messed up, you know, because, you know, <laughs> uh, okay. just, a, just a real tense atmosphere. And then you can't really say nothing because they always going to take the woman's side. So it's, it's all jacked up when it's the guy at the job, you know. So mm-mm. Right. You, you start talking about HR on her, they looking like, you know, she go in there and start all that crying and shit like that. It's like, unless you got it on film with her busting your damn windows out or something crazy, they going to think you're like, in trouble. yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. Especially if you're a guy, you know, like me, because I don't really have no feminine side and shit like that. So when people don't see that you're really emotional, they they presume that you could be, you know, have rougher edges or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just a stereotype, but, I mean, that's how it's presumed, kind of like, Kind of like how Herman was breaking down shit with the harder words or whatever. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, a dark-skinned dude, bald-headed and shit, man. It's like, nah, they ain't going to believe shit you saying, you know. No, okay. he, he's such a this and he's this. He's, yeah. I feel threatened. 
you sitting up there, you you looking, you looking, you giving the mug, not for for violence. You looking like, damn, these people believe this bullshit. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I don't know what his recourse is. Um, all he can do, I get my thing. I guess I would do is just. Even if they move next door or if they um, started working with me, I'd probably just mind my business and not say anything um, unless something was to go down. Now, you would hate for someone to act a fool and and cost you your job. So I probably have more fear at work as far as I'm acting a donkey or something than I would at home. Because at home, you can kind of retaliate and possibly get away with it. But at work, it's kind of difficult. Um but that's just a situation I don't think anyone wants to be in. You don't want to have an ex anywhere near you if it's someone that was confrontational or a troublemaker back in the day. So um, if I hear any updates on what's going on in his situation, I'll definitely let you all know. But I want to follow up on something really quick about um, something we discussed back on, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago with the season premiere, season four premiere. Uh, there was a 34-year-old woman that was found dead in a Dallas salon a few weeks ago after she got her fourth black market butt injection. Uh, the, her mother said she was just hooked on getting booty shots, okay? And even though her butt was getting too big, she went back to the salon. Now, what's so jacked up even more about this story is that they found her body in the salon she had been robbed, her cell phone or her wallet was taken, and nobody called 911. So whoever gave her the shot, and after she died, they robbed her and got ghost. So uh, that's that's even more jacked up, if you ask me. But, uh, yeah, we just discussed that recently about those black market butt injections, and this woman was getting her fourth. And I saw a picture of her. Her butt was big. It's not like she really needed it. But... Um, Man, it's just kind of a sad story that people are doing this to themselves and wind up dying behind it. But one last topic, and then uh, we'll get to final thoughts and wrap things up. But I wanted to bring this up quickly. It was something that was discussed in the uh, T2Q Facebook group. And, Amy, I'll start with you. It's just a simple question. Do you check Shaughnessy's Internet history? Is that something that parents should do? Um, I would if we were still on a computer. Um, unfortunately, she we both just have our cell phones now, and she keeps her iPhone locked up tighter and Dick's hat band. And, um, yeah, I, I can't get in it. But, you know, I have enough faith in her that she, you know, she knows better and has better sense to go anywhere that she on any kind of sites that she doesn't need to be going to or anything. Um, she's for the most part a pretty good headed kid and uh she has a few flaws but, you know, uh what kid doesn't? Okay. So you say you don't you don't check the phone at all or okay. And, uh, and Buck, what about you? Do you check internet history? Uh, would you check the phone? I mean, how would you, you handle that with your, uh, 14 year old? 
Uh, I would have to check his um, simply because, you know, with him being a 14, he's already been – I've already had to check computer history on him because sometimes Sean gets that gets that itch and he'll be looking at news sites and things like that, which, you know, it's just curiosity. But at the same time, you know, he's already been told not to do those type of things. And, you know, his mom checks and, the, and I check, you know. So, therefore, you know, you know when he when he's at the house or by the, you know and I'm having to work all day and he's here for the summertime, you know you got to keep an eye on them because you know they, you know they trying to see whatever you know you can't have no you know videos or anything any questionable videos out or you know make it too accessible for him to pick it up on the internet because all you got to do is just put in the word and it's coming out. So right. I do check him to make sure that you know he keeps himself in check. You know, so that way, you know, I don't have any issues, you know, um, you know, having little girls over here showing porn and all that kind of stuff, because that, that just ain't going to fly in my household, so. Okay. And Eminem, what about you, man? Is that something you would check in our phones off limits? Well, uh, with, with my with my older kids, you know, they grown and shit pretty much, so I don't, I don't care. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the smaller kids, uh, they... They love being on iPads and shit, but the thing about it is, like, I really never even think about checking because, like, almost 99% of the time, they are, like, right, you know, like, when you can see what they're watching, you know, then when they got the volume up, uh, they like watching shit on Netflix, like, you know, um, Cartoon Network shit and stuff like that, so... Uh, now I will check the damn phone. If I keep seeing you, like, you got to, like, you know, go to the back. You're trying to get on the covers and, you know, just some suspicious stuff. But, if you you mm-hmm. know, if you're playing something right on the couch and, I, and you know all I got to do is just, just look. Right. You know, it, you know, I, I, you know, and half the time it's like, Dad, look at this, Dad, look at that. So, you know, but when, when, you, when you're hiding it, that's when it's, uh, when it's, uh, time to get concerned. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, bias and shit uh with my youngest son you know yeah i have to play that role but for the most part you know i ain't really concerned about porn long as it's female you know as long as it's heterosexual porn you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. well my daughter yeah i don't want to look nothing, nothing nothing but uh you know but you know what i'm saying i want to look over there and say you know you you like that's when it's time to panic you like you know big dicks and you're just like okay you know but you don't see no females oh. in the like, oh, hell nah, man. <laughs> Shit, you finna get your ass to be down. <laughs> Fuck that. You know. Oh, on the rainbows oh, in this man. motherfucker, Lucky Charms, Jack. That's it. <laughs> you know. I... <laughs> Boy. <laughs> you, you know, I am very surprised oh. that as long as this show been going on and, and Eminem's made his comments and things of that nature, that we've not had one LGBT person call in to say anything about it. <laughs> Shit. Not what? I haven't gotten one email or anything. It's it's just gonna it's gonna take one person to catch on. It's gonna be all on Twitter. I already know that. Yeah, uh, I can't but... wait. <laughs> that that should have turned to a movement. It's like shit, because there's a whole lot of people want to say that shit. But you know, I understand how it is. But you know, like I say. You know, to each his own, but guess what? To each his own, so I'm my own. So, hell no. All right. Well, Amanda, let's, let's I mean, talk about your perspective on this. Um, 
I mean, do kids have an expectation of privacy when it comes to Internet history and their cell phones? I mean, is that something that you would kind of give them a pass on? I think it I think it has to be age appropriate and also I think you have to you have to know your kid and I think that Eminem made a great point about how they're behaving. If they're running off and you can tell when somebody's trying to hide something from you. Yeah. You know, it's you pretty much can get that sense and it yeah, and kids that's look when suspicious. you get Yeah, that's when you get more okay, what are you doing? And that's when you would press the issue more. I mean, I think if you have a good line of communication, you can kind of be aware. And you know when a child is getting to a certain age, certain things they're going to be more curious about, like like Buck was saying. And I think you have to, you kind of have to know that that's going to happen. You have to remember when you were a certain age, you were curious. Some of us are still curious and still looking at stuff. So, you know, I think it, I think it just really depends on, on the situation. But I think it's important to definitely know what they're doing. And, and try to have a good idea. Okay. And Ray, I'll let you have the last word on it, man. Oh uh, yeah, I think um anything that you paying money on you should be able to look at. I mean, if I had kids with teenagers, particularly females, I would uh just kinda order them every once in a while. Whereas you come in the room taking everything apart Look in the closets, do whatever. I don't care if they're in school. If you paying the bills there, what are they gonna say? You know, we old school with it. Not nowadays. My privacy. You can't do this. Should I do anything I want to do? If I'm paying the bill, so I mean, mm-hmm. I take a look and make sure everything is straight. Because see, you had kids now, they know how to delete history and right. all kind of stuff that you don't even know what to do with a computer. So they can get slick that way. So you got to understand, show them that the new, the 40 40 is the new 30. You know, it ain't like it was when our folks was 40-something. They was old. Nowadays, (laughs) I know what's going on just like I'm 18 or 20. You know what I'm saying? You can't run that shit on me. You see what I'm saying? So you just got to let them know that. I'm two steps ahead of you. Yeah, I think that's something that I think you make a great point there, and that's with parenting, period. Because one thing about my mom that made her so good at what she did is that my my mom would make me overthink things. She acted like she knew something when she didn't, and that would make me give myself up a lot of times. And so today as parents, you kind of got to let your kids know that you're smarter than them. Because today's kids, you know, they're very bright. They're very intelligent. And a lot of times they think you don't know something because you're not their age. Oh, my daddy don't know nothing about Twitter. He's too old to tweet, you know, and all that other stuff. And if you show them that you know what's going on, it can intimidate them. And it make them think twice a lot of times. So I, I definitely think that is something that can um, work to a parent's benefit. And... Let's see, I have another caller here. Let me go to the uh, 334 area code, which I believe is what, South Alabama. And caller, what's your name? Yes. <clears throat> yes, sir, this is Jay calling from Alabama. Jay, how's it going, man? You wanted to add into Everything. this Internet history discussion? Yes, sir. Uh, like the brother was saying, they they're on to. They know to delete history. 
and all of that good stuff right there. But what you need to do is just invest in your spy app. Have you guys heard of that? Uh-huh. I've heard of some of those. <clears throat> okay. What you do, you get you a good one, not the free one. They're about $30, $35. And uh, you can put it on their phone. You don't even have to let them know. They won't even know that it's on their phone. And what it is, you can hear their conversations, what they're talking about to other people, text messages, everything. So because uh, what it is, you'll be surprised what these children are doing on the Internet. And uh-huh. I thought that it would have been illegal. But, yeah, uh, especially with the females and these little boys running around, you would be surprised because a lot of parents have been able to stop their children. Where are you fixing to go? Oh, I'm just fixing to go to the store. But uh, the parents, I looked at it, and they seen, no, you're you're supposed to be having a meeting to go and have sex right quick. But, yeah, that's what you do. You know, you just Google spy out and get you a good one of those because, like I say, once once they know you're on to them or either they know you're going to check up behind them, all they're going to do is delete everything. So, that's true. Yeah, so that's that's what you'll have to do. It's just called spy out. So you can you can go in and get it, and I mean it's not it's it's more for the safety. I know that you will probably feel as if you're uh, messing with their privacy, but like I say, it, it, they'll probably come back and thank you in the long run. Thank you because I could have got pregnant, I could have got in trouble, could have went to jail or anything. So that's what I think. Okay. And I agree with I agree with that that they would probably be appreciative when they get older, Jay. And you know, so, sometimes I guess you have to go full James Bond on on some kids to kind of let them know what's going on. And um, now, as far as their privacy is concerned, I mean, a lot of parents are concerned about privacy. Do you think that's something parents should really worry about when it comes to raising their kids? No, I absolutely not. I mean. I understand uh, that you want to respect it, but at the same time, you're a child and you don't know what's going on. I'm the parent. I need to watch out and make sure that I'm guiding you straight on your future. You're sitting up here talking about, uh, well, I respect my child's privacy, this, this, and that, and your child gets thrown off, off track some kind of way. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything because I talk to the young brothers around here and I be telling them y'all can't be running around here fighting because all they want to do is get you a record. So it was this thing where uh, here in Alabama, they would just uh, call and text, uh, like send a text message to park or whatever. And they would go out there and they would meet up and fight. But one time they decided they was going to do this in this uh, white park and they took all of them to jail. And I was telling them, I said, you don't know what you're doing. That right there, that right there is going to follow you. You're going to be 21, 22 that change your life around, and they're going to use that right there against you because they don't want to hire you anyway. But, ah, you got this right here on your record, so I don't want to hire you. Hey, I did that right there when I was 17. Yeah, but, hey, it don't matter. It's still there, and we don't want you in here. So, yeah, uh, you, you know, it, it, it's crazy out there, bro. But you got to you got to be that stern parent. And the reason I say that is because I have to thank my mom all the time because I wanted to get into a lot of foolishness, and she stayed on me. She stayed on me, and I, it it used to make me so mad, brother. Right. But now I look at all my peers that I wanted to hang with, 
and I just look at myself, you know, they're, they're into drugs and all this other stuff, and I, I tell my mom all the time, thank you for pulling me up off that corner because I could be right down here with them right now going in and out of jail, children everywhere. And, see, that's what that's what they'll do in the future, I really believe. They'll be like, you know, it used to make me so mad that you would you would stop everything I did, but right. thank you. That's what I believe. Thank you. And the reason that. I say it is because that's, you know. I get that completely. And I think I said that on a show maybe last week or the week before last that um, – if you don't get pissed at your parents or something, they 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 may not be doing something right. You at some point in, as a child, you're supposed to get pissed at your parents because they're restricting something you want to do for your good. So I appreciate that, Jay, in the comments, man. What what part of Alabama are you in? I'm in Montgomery right now. Montgomery, okay, okay. Well, I appreciate yeah. you calling in, man. Be sure to check out the show every Tuesday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Bama time, and uh. Yeah, we love to have some representation from Alabama for sure. Yeah, sir. And what did you say your uh, group on Facebook was that I hear you say you had one? Yes, just search for T2Q. It's a private group, just those three characters, T2Q. And uh, some of the same things we discuss here, we discuss in the group along with other topics. I mean, we have a lot of fun, but we talk about some serious stuff too. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, I'll look for it and see if I can get in. Okay, yes, T2Q. I'd love to see you in the group. Or you can find me on Facebook under Thank Q, and that's Q-U-E, Thank Q. All, All right. right, I appreciate you okay. chiming in, Jay. And let me get ready to wrap things up. Um, on Next week, on Tuesday show, March 31st, I'll be joined by first-timer Larissa Hudson, Larissa is the author of a book that uh, you can get on Amazon right now for just 99 cents. It's called How Do I Expect Him to Love Me When I Don't Love Myself? So we'll, we will discuss some relationship and self-esteem topics on Tuesday's show at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q radio show. And um, I'll let her mix it up with my show legends. So uh, you all will definitely be able to interact with Larissa and we'll go through some relationship topics. Um, afterwards, we'll get into some zone coverage, talk some sports. And that's going to be Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q radio show. Go to talk to Q. Talk to Q now. Um, I'm sorry, that's my, my email address. Go to talktoq.com for more information. All right, let me get my show legends to give their final thoughts, and I will start with you, Amy. A uh, great show tonight. Enjoyed uh, listening to our guest and, and everything he had to say. Um, just to comment a little bit further about the the, the internet history on your kids, um, I really enjoy listening to what um, our new caller Jay just had to say. And I, I want to throw this in there: not too many people, or not too many kids. I'm sorry, sixteen-year-old kids, which is my youngest daughter, sixteen. Um, have seen or experienced the things that she has in her 16 years of life, but she has seen firsthand what drugs can do to you, what alcohol can do to you. She has sat in, in a prison visitation room full of child predators. She's seen what 
uh, uh, talking to someone on social media can do. Um, you know, she's just seen the the bad things in life. And so it helps me to make her understand and realize that I'm not just being an overbearing, overprotective mother. You're just better safe than sorry. I do give her her privacy, you know, on her cell phone as far as, you know, like talking to her friends and stuff like that. But if there's ever any kind of a problem, someone tries to contact her on Facebook that um, she doesn't know, she will bring it to my attention, Twitter, Instagram. Um, someone calls her phone, she'll let me know. I mean, I'll be answering the phone like, who in the fuck is this, you know? Um, so I think maybe, you know, that, uh, I love no, it. I love it. I have, believe me, I have, and I have turned it, she had a, a child predator try to contact her on Facebook and was trying to talk to her on Facebook and I called the police and the police came over here and took reports of it and, oh. and shut the, shut it down. Shut that Facebook site down now. They probably just set up another one, but you know, hey, that's you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes I think it's kids need to see things firsthand and they need to know things firsthand. That's why I find it so good for me to be honest with her and. And be honest about my whole past and what I've done and, and, and the things I've experienced. And, you know, you don't want to get pregnant when you're 16 years old. And you look at all these other girls that are pregnant at your school, and you, that's not what you want. You want a better life. You don't want to be a stripper like your mother was for 15 years, you know. So, I mean, I just think sometimes parents need to smack a kid in the head and say, look, this is it's a consequence of your actions. This is what will happen from your actions. And some people don't uh, don't agree with, you know, the way I've taught her, her, especially. I made a lot of mistakes with my oldest daughter. A lot of people don't agree with the way she has learned things in her 16 years of life, but I, I don't think I've done too bad. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate that, Amy. And uh, I mean, just from the interaction I've had with Shaughnessy, I think she is an upstanding citizen waiting to happen. Very intelligent young lady. So um, you definitely get no complaints from me. All right. But. So tonight, as always, you know, everything, glad to have the. Young guy on, you know, talking about what he had to talk about tonight. It was really good to hear him. I mean, he had a lot of good insight on a lot of different things. Um, as far as, uh, you know, kids in the Internet and cell phones and things of that nature, um, we grew up in a different era. We had, you know, we were just getting getting pages and things of that nature and them big-ass phones that you could, you know, knock somebody in the head with. But, uh, you know, nowadays you got to be you got to be on your P's and Q's and make sure that your kids are not dabbling in things they shouldn't be dabbling into. Uh, it's too easy on the internet to get on the wrong site. I mean, the keywords that they use and things of that nature. And you, you know, it's all right to be curious, but at the same time, you got to make sure that your kids. You know, we have to be parents of your kids and not friends. 
And, uh, you know, they can have freedom, but, it, you know, when it comes to certain things, there's certain things that just don't need to be exposed to at certain ages. You know, once they get about, you know, 18 and stuff like that, you know, you can kind of let it, you know, let it ride for to a, to a certain extent. But even still at that age, you still need to kind of, as long as they below your, you know, below your roof, then, you know, you need to kind of keep your eye on them and make sure they're doing the right thing. So, therefore, they don't innocent, innocently get into some serious trouble because it's just today's time is too easy. Yeah. But, you know, other than that, man, just, you know, glad to be a part of the show. And, uh, Amy, thanks for, you know, thanks for doing some things for me. I really appreciate that. And uh, other than that, everybody have a great rest of the week. And uh, can't wait till the next one. All right. Thank you very much, sir. And Amanda? A good show tonight. I enjoyed the uh, the guest and what he had to say. Kind of made you realize the rhyme and reason behind certain things and, you know, oh, yeah. how the power of, you know, of just how things are put together. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a method behind everything, so... Uh, it was definitely good to have his perspective. Um, you know, regarding the uh, the ex being at your at your job or or moving in next door, I think it really all depends on the circumstances. If you live in an apartment and you know you can move out at any time without any consequence, then that may not be as big of a deal. It also could depend on if you're male or female, like Eminem was saying. You know. Uh, being a male, and a lot of times people might want to take the woman's side. Uh, me being a female, if whether I'm married or not married, especially if I'm not married and, you know, I have a home, it's not as easy to just say, hey, you know, I'm going to sell my house because I have a crazy ex living next door. So I think it just really all depends on the circumstances um, and to before you can say for sure which one would be tougher. Um but I think everybody definitely made great points. Uh, as far as with the kids and the Internet history and all that stuff, I think that it's definitely so much on the Internet, so many different scams, and like Buck was saying, so many ways to fall into a trap without even, you know, without them purposely looking for trouble. So, yeah, you know, it's always, it's always good to know what your kids are doing, and, you know, hopefully uh, people can step up and be better parents and be aware of what their kids are into, so... You know, I hope everybody has a great night, and uh, we'll talk next time. Thank you very much, ma'am. Glad to have you on. And Rafe? Uh, yeah, it was a good show tonight. I listened to the guest tonight, and, you know, he had a lot, a lot, a lot of things to say. You know, I was just sitting back listening. What was, what was funny is when uh, Cubs got on and started talking to him, and he threw some shit at him he, he didn't expect. You know, you can't <laughs> learn everything in a book. So it was just funny to hear he, to hear that because it seemed like he caught him way off guard with some of that. But um, as far as the Internet goes, I think you have to be very careful. You know, even if you have good kids or smart kids, you know, they can easily get in. It's a million and one things to get into on the Internet. And sometimes some things to seem like it's better than what it is, and they they want to try it out. So you always got to keep your eyes open. And, you know, as a parent, it's your job to bust your kids. 
and it's called a bust for a reason. When you bust them, you got to bust the ass, whether it's physically or take something away from them or whatever the case is. But you cannot let them sneak around and do whatever they want to do and stuff like that. I know we did it, but when we got caught, what they do, they bust our ass. So, you know, you got to do the same. You know, I know the world is changing and everything, but some things you got to remain the same. But, um, you know, outside of that, it was a great, great show. I'm glad to hear what everybody had to say. And everybody have a good night. All right. Thank you, sir. Eminem, shut it down for me, man. Oh, man. Fantastic show. Uh, man, that's uh, Herman was a great guest. I, I, I hope he come back, man. Uh, um, I, I, I really enjoyed him, uh, you know, being on. And, you know, and uh, I always like hearing people who are really, really into whatever they into, you know, and. You know, he talked about psychology the way uh, most artists and musicians talk about their works and shit. You know what I'm saying? He was yeah, really, yeah. And, and that's something it's a passion. different because most most uh, people in in more of the 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 square disciplines, you know, it's it's usually just so methodical. But you don't really sense no passion. He's just like this guy is smart, but you sense passion in this dude. So that was like that was amazing in itself. You know, because normally that's always going to be an artist, a musician, or a writer, or author. But when you start talking about a scientist, or a psychologist, or a psychiatrist, or something like that, it sounds like a monotone. But this guy sounded like he was selling cars and shit. I'm like, wow, this brother really loved this stuff, which is good. So I'm, I hope he come back and shit, man. And, uh, you know, I can uh, share some more stuff with him, too, that, you know, it might have his head spinning a little bit, you know, but uh, we can learn from each other. But uh, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, with the, you know, the, 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 the internet stuff, man, it's like uh, I, I kind of laugh at some of the stuff, you know, uh, that some people do or whatever. Uh, not that it's funny, but it just shows you how times has changed and. It's, it's a lot harder to just totally restrain some things. So what I did, I, I just reversed it. I'm saying, look, I don't give a shit what nobody else doing or whatever, but if your ass doing it, if your ass saying it, I got your ass. Simple as that. So um, I know, uh, you know, a lot of parents was in uproars, uh, you know, well, years back now with, you know, music and stuff when people were moving from CDs to MP3 players and stuff like that. But when you could download songs and shit to your damn phones, man, I could just stand on my carport and look at the bus stop and you see kids just flocking around somebody's phone where they, you know, was playing something that was probably forbidden to 90% of the kids in the group with that one kid playing it for everybody. So... You know, I said, fuck it, you know, hey, you know, you won't be playing it, you know. So uh-huh. some, whatever somebody else do, but your ass ain't going to be doing it, your ass ain't going to be doing it here. So that was my approach, you know. So you can see what you want, do what you want, but you got consequences for it, you know. So you rob a bank, I ain't getting your ass out. You do, do something stupid, don't call me, period, you know. But, uh, 
fantastic show, man. I'm I'm looking forward to uh I lo- I love that lead in on the on the guest coming up next week, you know, first timer. I'm like, wow, that's cool. Uh uh yeah, first time She's familiar oh, okay. with the show and she's anxious cool. to chop it up with you all. She's been listening for uh, probably going on a couple of months now. Uh, wow. Okay. Okay. And uh and uh man, I'm I'm dying speaking of listening, I'm dying to hear uh where my man Archie been at lately, man. He ain't called in in a while. Uh and it has been a minute for him. I um I communicated with him and Mashivia about a week ago on Facebook. Uh we used okay. to message each other now and then, so they're still bumping around, but I'm gonna have to Reach out, reach out after him and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But, Let him know that, um, that he got to check in with his mentor. If he dropped yeah, his pussy, lose, right. he lose, miss, and, loses and, his lesson. And, 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 and I thought about him tonight, you know, with, with the segment that, you know, the Herman was doing. I'm just like, this is ideal, you know. And uh, yeah. I hate uh, I hate Crystal miss Herman or whatever. I think uh, I don't, yeah, I don't actually, think she was on tonight. No, she wasn't. Crystal actually had um, follow-up surgery to remove the pins from her ankles. You know where she broke her ankle. Oh, so, uh, okay. so she should be recovering f- from that. So get well to you, Crystal. If you're listening to the podcast, like I'm pretty sure you are, because yeah. uh, your ears are probably burning right now. Yeah, and uh, yep. So I'm, I'm sure too. she'll be back um, in full effect for her show tomorrow. Yeah. But the, the the main thing I forgot to ask Herman Q. Well, two things I forgot to ask. I forgot to ask him. You know, what's his spin on televangelists and shit like that? And then. Uh, I forgot the. I was gonna mention to him how he feels about thirteen, thirteen, passing mm-hmm. and shit. You know what? The spin on televangelist definitely would have been interesting, man. I might have to jot that down. And um, as far as thirteen, thirteen. Everything you want. Everything. Everything. All right, but uh. Yeah, the televangelist angle, man. Definitely keep that one in your data banks, man, because I'll probably get Herman back on sometime later in the year. Uh, but definitely keep that one uh, somewhere where you can reach that, because uh, I would love to hear Herman talk about that. Yeah, yeah, especially the one with the one with the holy water and the and the and the, and the ten dollar prayer cloths and all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah, and I used to <laughs> wonder, you know, I used to wonder like, where do you get holy water from? Do they ship it in from? You know, the Middle East somewhere. And my uncle, who just loves to <laughs> joke, you know, my you know how you had that uncle who always joked, but he always tells you stuff and is always a lie. So, I'm, you know, it's never right. Right, and right. He, it's a, it's a so he told, yeah, he wants to be funny. So he, he told me he knows how to make holy water. And I said, you make holy water? So I'm thinking he's talking about blessing it or saying a prayer right. over it or something. He said, you get a pot, you get tap water out the tap, put it in a um, pot, Put it on the stove and you boil the hell out of it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right. That's that's my uncle Dale. All right, I like that's that's that's, that's real there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so I appreciate you all coming on to tonight's show, chopping it up with Herman Sjr. And discussing the topic, so my thanks to psychological strategist Herman SJR, my show legends. Thanks for Jay calling in from Montgomery. The tweet chatters who participated on a little mini tweet chat that went on. The upcoming show schedule can be found at talktoq.com. So go there if you want to learn more about the show, 
You can find out how to reach me on Facebook, on Twitter, or some of the other portals. Um, if you want to hear previous shows, then subscribe to me on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and get caught up. Just search for the Talk to Q Radio Show. So everyone have a good night. Peace out. I will talk to you all on Tuesday at 10 p.m. with Larissa Hudson. Good night. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. Carly, go ahead. Carly, thank you for having me on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. Well, I am pro-woman, but I'm not anti-man. I know the value of a good man. You know, we need more shows like this because people need as much relationship help out there as they can get.